Welcome to Classics Out Loud. The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. Chapter 30. They didn't spend all their days on the island. They spent more than half of them wandering at will through the enchanted Muskoka country. Barney knew the woods as a book, and he taught their lore and craft to Valency. He could always find trail and haunt of the shy wood people. Valency learned the different fairy likenesses of the mosses, the charm and exquisitenesses of woodland blossoms. She learned to know every bird at sight and mimic its call, though never so perfectly as Barney. She made friends with every kind of tree. She learned to paddle the canoe as well as Barney himself. She liked to be out in the rain, and she never caught cold. Sometimes they took a lunch with them and went berrying. Strawberries and blueberries. How pretty blueberries were. The dainty green of the unripe berries. The glossy pinks and scarlets of the half-ripes. The misty blue of the fully matured. And Valency learned the real flavour of the strawberry in its highest perfection. There was a certain sunlit dell on the banks of Mustawas, along which the white birches grew on one side, on the other still changeless ranks of young spruces. There were long grasses at the roots of the birches, combed down by the winds and wet with morning dew late into the afternoons. Here they found berries that might have graced the banquets of Lucullus, great ambrosial sweetness hanging like rubies to long rosy stalks. They lifted them by the stalk and ate them from it, uncrushed and virgin, tasting each berry by itself with all its wild fragrance ensphered therein. When Valency carried any of the berries home, that elusive essence escaped and they became nothing more than the common berries of the marketplace. Very kitchenly good indeed, but not as they would have been, eaten in their birch dell until her fingers were stained as pink as Aurora's eyelids. Or they went after water lilies. Barney knew where to find them in the creeks and bays of Mustawas. Then the blue castle was glorious with them, every receptacle that Valency could contrive filled with the exquisite things. If not water lilies, then cardinal flowers, fresh and vivid from the swamps of Mustawas, where they burned like rivers of flame. Sometimes they went trouting on little nameless rivers or hidden brooks on whose banks naiads might have sunned their white wet limbs. Then all they took with them were some raw potatoes and salt. They roasted the potatoes over a fire and Barney showed Valancy how to cook the trout by wrapping them in leaves, coating them with mud and baking them in a bed of hot coals. Never were such delicious meals. Valancy had such an appetite it was no wonder she put flesh on her bones. Or they just prowled and explored through the woods that always seemed to be expecting something wonderful to happen. At least, that was the way Valancy felt about them. Down the next hollow, over the next hill, you would find it. We don't know where we're going, but isn't it fun to go? Barney used to say. Once or twice night overtook them, too far from their blue castle to get back. But Barney made a fragrant bed of bracken and fir boughs, and they slept in it dreamlessly under a ceiling of old spruces with moss hanging from them, while beyond them moonlight and the murmur of pines blended together so that one could hardly tell which was light and which was sound. There were rainy days, of course, when Muskoka was a wet green land, days when showers drifted across Mustawas like pale ghosts of rain, and they never thought of staying in because of it, days when it rained in right good earnest, and they had to stay in. Then Barney shut himself in Bluebeard's chamber and Valancy read 
or dreamed on the wolfskins with good luck purring beside her, and Banjo watching them suspiciously from his own peculiar chair. On Sunday evenings, they paddled across to a point of land and walked from there, through the woods, to the little free Methodist church. One felt really too happy for Sunday. Valancy had never really liked Sundays before. And always, Sundays and weekdays, she was with Barney. Nothing else really mattered. And what a companion he was, how understanding, how jolly, how, how Barney-like. That summed it all up. Valancy had taken some of her $200 out of the bank and spent it in pretty clothes. She had a little smoke-blue chiffon, which she always put on when they spent the evening at home, smoke-blue with touches of silver about it. It was after she began wearing it that Barney began calling her Moonlight. Moonlight and Blue Twilight. That is what you look like in that dress. I like it. It belongs to you. You aren't exactly pretty, but you have some adorable beauty spots. Your eyes, and that little kissable dent just between your collarbones. You have the wrist and ankle of an aristocrat. That little head of yours is beautifully shaped. And when you look backward over your shoulder, you're maddening, especially in twilight or moonlight. An elf maiden, a wood sprite. You belong in the woods, moonlight. You should never be out of them. In spite of your ancestry, there is something wild and remote and untamed about you. And you have such a nice, sweet, throaty, summery voice. Such a nice voice for lovemaking. Sure, and you've kissed the Blarney Stone, scoffed Valancy. But she tasted these compliments for weeks. She got a pale green bathing suit too, a garment which would have given her clan the deaths if they had ever seen her in it. Barney taught her how to swim. Sometimes she put her bathing dress on when she got up and didn't take it off until she went to bed, running down to the water for a plunge whenever she felt like it and sprawling on the sun-warm rocks to dry. She had forgotten all the old humiliating things that used to come up against her in the night, the injustices and the disappointments. It was as if they had all happened to some other person, not to her, Valancy Snaith, who had always been happy. I understand now what it means to be born again, she told Barney. Holmes speaks of grief staining backward through the pages of life. But Valancy found her happiness had stained backward likewise, and flooded with rose colour her whole previous drab existence. She found it hard to believe that she had ever been lonely and unhappy and afraid. When death comes, I shall have lived, thought Valancy. I shall have had my hour. And her dust pile. One day, Valancy had heaped up the sand in the little island cove in a tremendous cone and stuck a gay little union jack on top of it. What are you celebrating? Barney wanted to know. I'm just exercising an old demon, Valancy told him. <laughs>